Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It is shaping up to be a big day National Cabinet will meet today with the Prime Minister coming out of isolation and facing the difficult task of uniting the country's leaders after a week of public bickering over the vaccine rollout. It comes as millions of Australians anxiously await news on whether their lockdowns will be lifted today or if the tough restrictions will be extended. Nat. Residents in parts of Queensland, WA and the Northern Territory are hoping their lockdowns will be lifted today, while Sydney siders have been warned their lockdown could be extended if the rules aren't followed. New South Wales recorded 24 new cases yesterday. Half of these were active in the community while infectious. Seven are mystery cases. Two were passengers from Saturday's Virgin flight from the Gold Coast to Sydney. The outbreak now totals 195. Queensland has two new local cases. One is linked to the Portuguese restaurant cluster. The second is a new outbreak, a Brisbane International Airport worker. This morning, the Premier is expected to reveal if lockdown will be extended past 6pm tonight. WA recorded no new cases yesterday. Perth and Peel residents will find out today if the four-day snap lockdown will end at midnight. And in the Northern Territory, there are fears Darwin's lockdown could be extended past 1pm today after one new COVID case was announced. The Alice Springs lockdown is scheduled to end tomorrow. Matt. Live now to our team of reporters, first to Taylor Aitken in Canberra. Taylor, leaders are meeting for National Cabinet today and what is on the agenda? Matt, no doubt the vaccine rollout will be top of the agenda today as Prime Minister Scott Morrison looks to get state leaders back on the same page. The Prime Minister finishing his two weeks in quarantine at the Lodge this morning where and he will meet with Premiers and Chief Ministers at Parliament House but also virtually to discuss the unfolding COVID outbreaks sweeping the country. The Prime Minister looking to strike an agreement with the states on vaccine thresholds. That is the percentage of the population that would need to be vaccinated in order to put an end to lockdowns and begin opening the country up. Also on the agenda, the vaccine rollout and uh, recent changes to that eligibility, an issue that has sparked a war of words with leaders and chief health officers right across the country. Please, can I just stop all this? This is getting absolutely silly. I am giving my advice. I'm a doctor. Just follow the health advice. The advice I've given is very much consistent with the TAGI advice. Don't take medical advice from, from, from members of parliament. Take medical and you know, polys. Take your advice from your GP. 
Leaders are also set to discuss uh, the caps on the number of uh, people arriving into Australia and entering hotel quarantine each week. Some states want that number reduced before until more of the population is vaccinated. Matt? Bianca Stone is at Parliament House in Brisbane. Bianca, is there any sign yet Queensland's snap lockdown will end this morning? Well, Matt, good morning. There is an announcement looming. We are hearing the Premier will address the media just after 8 o'clock this morning with that decision on whether Queensland will come out of lockdown at 6 o'clock tonight. Of course, 4 million Queenslanders here in southeast Queensland and also in the Townsville region will be sweating on that announcement and indeed the numbers from overnight. We have been told there are some encouraging signs, but we are not out of the woods just yet. In the previous 24 hours, there were around 30,000 people tested for COVID that is near a record in Queensland. Two new community cases, one that's been linked to the Portuguese restaurant cluster. That's been deemed to be of low risk. That person has been in isolation. The other case is a little more concerning. It's not linked to any of the existing clusters. It is a worker at the Brisbane International Airport. Unclear how she contracted the virus and what strain of virus she has. Matt, there are some new exposure sites listed on the Queensland Health website, but important to Note too, if we do come out of lockdown, we could well see some restrictions remain in place, including mask wearing potentially for the next couple of weeks. Amber Laidler is at Royal North Shore Hospital in Sydney. Amber, this is concerning. The hospital itself has become an exposure site. Good morning, Matt. Yes, all three hospitals across Sydney are now considered exposure sites after two nurses went to work while infectious. Those hospitals include the Royal North Shore, where we are this morning, but also Fairfield and the Royal Ride Rehab Hospital, with multiple wards across all three sites now in isolation. These cases are linked to the new case that we've seen at the Summit Aged Care Facility in Borkham Hills. An unvaccinated worker there has tested positive to COVID-19. We know how dangerous this virus can be in these aged care settings but the good news for this stage is that of 149 residents 135 have been fully vaccinated so this really will be the biggest test for the Pfizer vaccine. Of the 24 cases that New South Wales recorded yesterday half were in the community while infectious. The Premier saying that some were even going to work even though they were showing symptoms. She's reminding the public that the moment you start showing symptoms you need to get tested and isolate immediately or this lockdown won't be effective. Vision has also emerged this morning of a dramatic arrest in the New South Wales Southern Highlands. Police were called to the organic store in Barrel, which is an organic grocer, after store owners posted a sign out the front saying anyone wearing a mask or anyone who had been vaccinated would be banned. This vision so shows a bit of a scuffle between the store owner and police. The video also claims that this store owner was arrested uh, for this decision. We've spoken to police this morning. They say that they will be re releasing more details about this incident later today but are reminding the public that masks are mandatory in all indoor settings except at home Matt. And Nathan Templeton is in Melbourne for us. Nathan there is a push now for a better approach to these end-of-life cases in hotel quarantine. That's right, Matt. It's in response to the devastating story of Gillian Hanna, an Australian citizen living in the US. She flew into Sydney 12 days ago and went into quarantine there, hoping to get to Melbourne to see her father, who had advanced melanoma. But despite being fully vaccinated and recording five negative tests, Gillian was denied an exemption to fly to Victoria. Her father passed away yesterday and she had to say goodbye on FaceTime. This is in contrast to 
to another woman, Anna Coffey, who also flew from America to see her dying dad. Uh, but <clears throat> she was in the same quarantine hotel in Sydney, but because Angel Flight was able to organise a private jet to Melbourne, she did get to farewell her father in person yesterday, and that just made it even harder to swallow for Gillian. Finding out that they that they gave the, the same exemption to someone else just you know it breaks my heart and Gillian will join us shortly on sunrise matt thank you to our team of reporters there well the prime minister is about to leave quarantine at the lodge ahead of a crucial national cabinet meeting later today scott morrison will discuss a vaccination threshold for ending lockdowns and travel restrictions and the ongoing dispute over the astrazeneca vaccine my advice is that if you're under 40, you wait and get the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine. Other states can listen to their own premiers and their own chief health officers. They were very unhelpful comments. I note that other health leaders around the country have called them out as scaremongering. Don't take medical advice from, from, from members of parliament. Take medical, you know, pollies. Take your advice from your GP. Australia recorded its highest number of daily vaccine doses on Thursday, with more than 160,000 people getting the jab. For more, I'm joined by infectious diseases expert Professor Robert Boy from the University of Sydney. Morning to you. In your view, Good morning, Matt. what percentage of the population needs to be vaccinated to make these lockdowns and travel restrictions a thing of the past? Yeah, well, that's a difficult decision, but it will be based on having control of the outbreak in all the communities, uh, especially those that are in bubbles flying from one to the other. I think a minimum of 40 to 50 percent. We don't need herd immunity of 75 percent or more, something lower, because then once there are no unlinked cases or next to none, contact tracing is perfected. We're still getting better at that. And uh, we don't have uh, the mystery cases that do occur uh, unleashed in the community, uh, unbeknownst to the public health. So we need to have control and we need to have a vaccination uh, uptake of at least 40 to 50 per cent, in my opinion. OK, because that seems quite low. I know the, the figures yesterday, uh, some premiers were talking about maybe 60 to 80 per cent, which seemed quite high. Well, that's why the experts have to get together. The National yeah. Cabinet has to get together with their chief health officers and all their epidemiology, public health and virology experts and bring some thinking together and stop bickering and arguing and get together behind closed doors and do the best analysis on the recent data using the mathematical modelling and a bit of common sense thrown in. Yeah, I think uh, there was a record yesterday, 160,000 people got the jab. Do you think having a target set in this country will encourage more people to have the vaccine? Definitely. Targets are really helpful. In children, we aim to get 95% of them vaccinated routinely. And we're doing it in Australia. We can do it with adults as well. Having a target just uh, forces you to say, oh, we're not doing well enough, or to be happy and say we are succeeding. But mostly, we're not doing well enough still. But right now, we're getting up to a million doses a week. That's great. We need to be at one and a half million. And September, we're aiming to be at two to three million doses delivered every week in order to be ready by Christmas for a proper celebration and some relaxation. We've had this uh, seeming war of words this week between the states, the Commonwealth, some doctors, this, uh, this body, Atagi, which really has confused a lot of Australians. How do we end that with National Cabinet today? 
Yeah, they've got a, a big job, an important job. They need to spend the time. I don't care if they work all day and all night. They need to thrash out a way of understanding this and communicating it to the public that's consistent and effective. Yeah, because I've, I've heard the government, the federal government say, oh, the advice hasn't changed. But then I've, I've heard a lot of Australians say, I don't know what the hell's happening here. So people are confused, aren't they? They are confused, but uh, there's a way out of this. I've written a piece in uh, the Australian Science Media Centre uh, explaining what a 25-year-old would go through. GPs are really important. They've been indemnified. They've now got the time to talk to their patients, answer questions, listen, and then decide on immunisation uh, for a particular person or not. Yeah, so I, I like that idea because it, uh, with the privacy of a GP, you can ask all your dumb questions that you like. Thank you very much, Professor. I do. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate your time. Here's Matt. Well, for more on today's National Cabinet meeting, I'm joined now by 7 News political editor Mark Riley from Canberra. Riles, morning to you. Uh, Modelling on the Delta variant still being completed, so probably there won't be an exact vaccination target set today. What are you hoping will unfold uh, at National Cabinet today? Good morning, Matt. Well, there could be a target. I mean, they, they might come up with a range at least, and I'm interested to hear what Rob Boys was saying there, that the range might be lower than what it is internationally at the moment. Canada's just set one of 75%. The Premiers seem to be talking around 70%, 80%. But uh, it's interesting that those in the profession are suggesting it could be lower than, the, than that, and I'm sure that'll be fed into the National Cabinet discussion this morning. There has to be a target for all those reasons that Rob Boys said. It's because you need to know what you're working towards in the, in, in the vaccine role. And the premiers, I think, that's one thing they can all agree on. They don't really want to lock down their communities. And this is about getting out of the this rolling lockdown phase. And my understanding is that the objective here is to do that by the final quarter of this year, that is October, November, December. And at that point, as Daniel Andrews said yesterday, the states have to be uh, assured that they've done everything they can do and the Commonwealth to allow those people who want to be vaccinated to get their vaccines and those who don't then, well, they have to face the consequences of that. You can't keep locking down to protect those who won't protect themselves, Premier Andrews says, and I think that's a pretty popular view. Riles, everyone you talk to at the moment seems to be having the same perspective. We're doing our part, but what are we working towards in terms of being a vaccinated population? The PM said we need to sketch out the benefits and set the magic numbers at which these thresholds will be set. Will Mm -hmm. we get those from National Cabinet or how long until we do? Look, I think we will, at least as a guide, Matt. There'll be a range of targets this morning that has to happen and then they will settle on a figure because you have to have a defined figure um, at some later date. So I think there'll be a little bit more certainty about that today than some people are suggesting, and that is needed. You are dead right. They have to be on the same page on this. We have to put the national back into National Cabinet, and that's got to happen today. The other thing that'll... There'll be big pressure on these international arrivals, Riles, as well. I mean, we're, we're really taking a hard stance as it, in, as it is anyway, but mm-hmm. these, of course, to slash them further until we have um, the bulk of the population vaccinated. What, what's your prediction there? My prediction is that the Premiers will go very hard on this today and they've, they've foreshadowed that in the last couple of days, Matt, particularly Anastasia Palaszczuk and Mark McGowan uh, and also Daniel Andrews, so that kind of labour front in the in the National Cabinet. And look, and they're saying that the, the, the issue here is that most of the uh, infections are coming from hotel quarantine and they're coming from return travellers and they have to have... Now they're saying people need to have a very, very good reason to be going overseas and coming back. It's not just 
just international travellers, it's Australians who are going overseas and returning. Um, in some cases, Mark McGowan says six and eight times since uh, we went into this pandemic and uh, that that is really running a very high risk, if these, particularly if these people aren't vaccinated. So I think you will see uh, quite a discussion on that and the Premier's pushing very hard for some sort of limitation. And yesterday, Simon Birmingham, the, the Finance Minister, seemed to, uh, if you like, open the door to closing the door, if you like. Uh, he mm. seemed to, to suggest that the federal government was uh, receptive to those sort of arguments. So that'll be interesting. Well, in the absence of bigger and more effective quarantine facilities, it seems difficult to think of any other solution That's right now. That's the point, now. mate. That's the point. If, I mean, if we did have um, bespoke Commonwealth or state, doesn't mm. really matter in the end. People don't care which government does it as long as it's done. But if we had bespoke quarantine facilities that were adequate to deal with return travellers, we wouldn't be having this, this discussion. Thank you to Mike Riley for us there in Canberra. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Well, an Aussie woman who made a mercy dash from the US to say goodbye to her dying dad has missed out on seeing him one last time. Gillian Hanna flew home after her father was diagnosed with stage four melanoma and has been quarantining in Sydney since last Monday. But despite being fully vaccinated against COVID, her requests for an exemption to travel to Melbourne were knocked back. Sadly, during that time, her dad's condition worsened. He passed away in hospital late yesterday. Gillian Hanna joins us now. Gillian, thank you very much for coming on the show. We cannot imagine what you are going through today. Um, we are so sorry. You're alone in quarantine when you should be surrounded by family. How are you? Um, pretty numb, mostly. It's, um, you know, that's that's the thing. It's I didn't get to say goodbye to him. Um, but now I'm, I'm stuck in here. I have no one. There's no support. Um, I, you know, I called the nurses um, that are on duty here that check up on us when I, when I found out that my family were going to say goodbye and I said, can you just call and check on me and make sure I'm okay? And they called once and then just sort of forgot about me and um, I haven't heard from, you know, anyone since then. So the only support I've gotten is just from 
friends and family FaceTiming and from total strangers. So it's um, it's it's difficult. Julian, as a as a country, I think um, that prides itself on on compassion and a sense of mateship. Mm. This goes against everything we stand for. What's happened here to you? I mean, you fully vaccinated. Um, you you had been tested a number of times. Uh, you'd made your case very, very clearly and strongly as to why you should be allowed to say goodbye to your dad. That was denied. I, I, it pains me to ask you what this process was like, because we'll never know. Saying goodbye to him over FaceTime, uh, how, how did it that was, play it, out? It almost broke me. My daughter um, has been holding the family together and she messaged me and said, you know, if we can if we can FaceTime for allowed to do that, do you want to say goodbye? And, you know, I said, of course. And um, when I spoke to him, you know, I was, I was trying to be as upbeat as I could, but, you know, you know, it's the last time you're going to speak to someone ever. And, you know, it, I just broke my heart. He he knew it was me and he was talking to me, but he he was vague and he was on a lot of medication. So, I, you know, I said the things I needed to say. He told me he'd always be with me and he knew I was trying to get down, but it's not the same thing. And, and now I'm in here alone. There's no one with me. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's really difficult. And, you know, I, I applied for an exemption twice. Um, you know, was was knocked back on both occasions, um, and it was you know it was too late for me. And I'm I'm just hoping that if we can bring attention to this, that you know someone else doesn't have to go through this because this is it's just horrendous. I I, I can't even put into words how hard this is. Gillian, no, I'm I'm just so sorry. I, I we just our hearts are breaking for you, but you wanted to come on because you wanted to tell your story. Apparently an official from New South Wales told you that if you couldn't hire a private plane, you couldn't go. Talk us through what's happened here. So on the on day two, when I when I got here, I came back to Australia as quickly as I could. So prior to my dad, my wife in America was diagnosed with breast cancer. So I've been over there um, dealing with that. And then we got the diagnosis of, you know, a dad and it had, had gone, you know, badly quite quickly. So I came over and the second day I was in quarantine, he was moved to intensive care and I um, I called the exemption team. That was the number I was, that was given to me and a, a rather curt lady um, advised me that unless I would be um, hiring or chartering a private flight, there would be absolutely no way um, that I could leave quarantine. And um, you know, it's it's been a rough 12 months for everyone, but it's been especially rough for us. And I just didn't have $10,000 sitting around to, to charter a flight. At that stage, I didn't know that, you know, there were there were charities, et cetera, that, um, you know, could certainly lend a hand there. No one brought that to my attention. I, you know, I just wasn't aware. And um, so I sat, you know, in here for another eight days after that. And then I found out his lungs were shutting down. So I thought I'd try and put another exemption through. Um, and, you know, that was after I found out that, that Miss Coffey had been given an exemption and I'm, I'm thrilled for her that she got to say goodbye, but I, I just didn't understand why they gave her an exemption and they didn't give it yeah. to me. And I just, you know, something needs to be done. You just, this, this is just cruel. It's, it's incredibly cruel and, you know, mentally it's it's taking a huge toll 
on me and I've still got another three days to go. So. Gillian, we can see that and that's why your, your immense, immeasurable coverage courage talking to us today is so important because we need, Nat, uh, don't yeah. we, a consistent and immediate yeah. approach to end-of-life cases in Australia. It should be something that could be signed off in 10 minutes yeah. at National Cabinet. Uh, we're doing, we keep hearing protect lives and livelihoods. What's being done to protect families? What is your message to National Cabinet today, Gillian? What needs to be done? No, if, if people are vaccinated and I've been vaccinated for, for several months, I've, I've done the appropriate testing, you know, and I, I get that you have to return tests, etc. and, uh, you know, and they need to be negative. If, if you're vaccinated, you've returned those tests, There's, there needs to be an approach where there is some level of compassion shown and you don't, they don't necessarily have to make the exemption and, and, you know, not make you quarantine, but there has to be something put in place where the states can work together to get people to see their, their loved ones before they pass because this it just shouldn't be happening. You know, they're, they're encouraging people to get vaccinated, you know, to what end I'm vaccinated and I'm still, you know, caged in here like an animal. It's, yeah. I just don't understand and something needs to change. Yeah. Gillian, again, we are so sorry that this has happened to you. We thank you for speaking out and we really hope that this will help others. Thank, Thank you, Julian. I hope it does too. Thank His you. last words to Thanks, her over Julian. Facebook, I love yeah. you and I'll always be with you over yeah. FaceTime. In breaking news, the Prime Minister has just left quarantine at the Lodge ahead of a crucial National Cabinet meeting later today. Scott Morrison will discuss a vaccination threshold with state and also territory leaders. Today uh, we just need to focus on the job for the Australian people and I have every confidence that the National Cabinet will do just that. Australia recorded its highest number of daily vaccine doses on Thursday with more than 160,000 people getting immunised. For more, we're joined by epidemiologist Professor Nancy Baxter. Morning to you. In your view, what percentage of our population needs to be vaccinated to make lockdowns and travel restrictions a thing of the past? Well, I mean, you're going to try and pin me down to a number, and I'd say the, the more the better. Um, uh, but certainly people are talking about wanting over 80%, particularly because at this point um, the vaccines aren't approved for children, so children won't be vaccinated. Um, so I think the higher the better. I think it's also really important for people to understand that we probably still will need to wear masks more. They'll still need to be contact tracing. And, and there may be people that are put into isolation and things like that to try to, even though we're opening up, to try to avoid any uh, widespread outbreaks of COVID. Professor, um, gee, 80%, uh, it's, it sounds good, but it seems high. And given how we're tracking at the moment, it seems like something that might take a while for us mm. to achieve. In, in your view, and I'm not pinning you down to that number, but if that was the target, how long would it take to get there? Well, I, I think that that just depends on how focused we are once we have enough supply. Like right now, our issue is a lack of supply of Pfizer to vaccinate everyone under 60 with Pfizer. You know, I'm, I'm Canadian and Canada had a very similar problem earlier in the year without uh, adequate supply to any vaccine. Uh, and they were kind of grumbling along, a lot of infighting about, you know, what was the problem with the, with the vaccine rollout. And then in April, they got enough supply. And if you look now, they're off the charts in terms of first dose, they're the highest in the world in terms of first dose uh, for any larger country. So I think we can do it. We just 
we need enough vaccine and we need to be all on board, you know, all hands on deck, vaccinating everybody who wants a vaccine as quickly as possible. And we have to communicate better. Like right now, I think the communications are pretty poor in mm. terms of, you know, informing people about vaccination and why they should be vaccinated. We need a target, we need a plan, and we need a better communication strategy. But I'm confident we can do it if we have all those things in place. So Nancy, why aren't we getting enough Pfizer? Did we not order enough at the start? Well, everybody wants Pfizer, like everyone in the world wants Pfizer and Moderna. Uh, they're excellent vaccines, really effective. And so, um, you know, we did order later than some of the other countries. So obviously we're behind the queue to the UK, to Canada, to United States, that type of thing. So we're behind the queue. Uh, but also, even though, you know, obviously COVID is affecting many people in Australia right now, and I'm not going to minimize that, the lockdowns are, are very, very hard on everybody. You know, we're not seeing kind of one in 500 people people dying of COVID right now in our country, like in the United States. So, you know, it's hard for Pfizer, say, to prioritize us over a place where the, the mm. pandemic is actually killing people. Having said that, you know, the dose, the, the, the Pfizer is really going to loosen up. You know, there's a lot more supply now. Some of the countries that were most at risk are, uh, um, you know, the, their pandemics calming down. So I think we're going to have a lot more access, uh, even like within a month or two. And then, mm. you know, in, in September through December, we're going to get a lot of Pfizer. There's going to be a lot of Pfizer there's going to be Moderna, yep. and there may even be Novavax, which we just had great data on recently. Okay. Let's, so let's hope that supply comes yep. in soon. Thank We're you nearly, very much. We're nearly there. Thank you very much, Nancy.